You ever hear the one about the Buddhist monk that went up to the mountains to pray and meditate and chant so that he could learn how to walk on water? And finally, when he came down off the mountain, he came down to the river, he ran into his other Buddhist monk, monk buddy, and his Buddhist monk buddy said, what you been doing? He said, I've been chanting for 20 years, learning how to walk on water. He goes, why is that? Ferry's only $5. Did any of you see the Blues Brothers? Remember that part where they come out in the beginning of the end? of the movie, kind of, well, kind of the end of the movie where they do the big performance on the stage. And then the whole time they've been chased by law enforcement and white supremacists and uh, various uh, ne'er-do-wells. And, uh, but they finally make it to the venue that they've been advertising. And uh, after just hours and hours of just doing nothing but driving around in their old ex-police car with a big loudspeaker rope to the top of it and a CB announcer announcement advertising the show and then they get there and they finally come out and the intro is that and he comes out and then there's Jake and Elwood Blues there's you know Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi and um, Belushi's got the silver suitcase handcuffed to his hand and then uh, it's a whole display thing it's like uh, so they come out or who's got is it Belushi or Aykroyd maybe it's Aykroyd that had the suitcase that silver that little silver you know like a it looks like a special like a something a spy would have really carrying some kind of special papers or secrets or some thing you know but it's but it's um handcuffed to his hand you know and then they open up they open up the suitcase and it's a harmonica and then he goes, uh, and then Belushi goes, one, two, three, four. Dun, 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 Everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs somebody to love. So they go right into it. Ackroyd's blowing on the Jew's harp, a.k.a. the harmonica. Anyway, I don't know, I just had that. That intro stuck in my head. And I kind of feel, you know, like driving around, picking up all this blood. I feel, I kind of feel like the Blues Brothers in a way. I've got like a special, I show up with a special, you know, I'm going to, well, basically what I'm going to do, I'm going to tint out the windows. I'm going to black out the wheels. I called the boy. I called the boy last week. I said, do you think I should black out the wheel my wheels 
He's like, yeah, dope. <laughs> yeah, dope. <laughs> but just murder it out, you know? Like dark tint the windows, black out the wheels, wear some dark sunglasses, and uh, look like, uh, what did, um, was it Aretha Franklin and the Blues Brothers said you guys look like a couple of Hasidic diamond merchants or something? Or uh, <laughs> jewelers or Hasidic diamond jewelers, something like that. That's what I'm going to look like when I pull up to the blood donation. I'm going to look like a, I'm going to, I'm going to look like it's some kind of CIA operation, right? And anyway, that's the plan. I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. Anyway, there's a lot to unpack. I got a lot going on this week, boys and girls, moms and dads. Um, you may or may... You may or may not have noticed there's all kinds of shit going on in the world of long distance running track and field. What are people saying? <laughs> all right, slow down, calm down. First of all, I got to, okay. So at the uh, Paris Diamond League, um, they had a, it was a Friday, was it a Friday night meet? Friday, I think it was Friday night. Fucking Jacob motherfucking Ingebrigtsen. New world record two mile. The, the new two mile world record. So there is only there had only been one guy to ever break eight minutes for two miles. And do the math. That's eight flats, two back to back, four flat miles, right? And only one guy in the history of the world has run faster than eight minutes. And that was Daniel Komen of Kenya. Of course. Of course it was a Kenyan. 758.61. And Jacob motherfucking Ingebrigtsen just fucking says he's going to go out and he's going to smash the world record. And that motherfucker did it. That fucking pasty, that pasty, non-tanned Norwegian fucking goes out, busts out a 754. Four. Yeah, you heard you heard me right. So, seven fifty four point one one. So, not only is it four over four and a half seconds faster than the original than the world record, but he did it in negative splits. He went through the first mile, I think, in three fifty eight. And then he came back with a 356. Get the fuck out of here. Jesus Christ, dude. Second place was like uh, 810, I think. Just obliterated the field, right? Um, like, Jesus Christ. And that's not even... I mean, that and that's huge. Like... Because it it's a rare distance. Nobody ever runs it. Nobody ever runs a two-mile, right? Back in the day, they did a little more. Um, back in the day, like way back in the day, like in the 70s, 60s, 70s. But, deep, but back, in the, back in the 60s and 70s, they also ran, instead of a five-kilometer, 5,000 meters, 10-kilometer, 10 10,000 meters, they ran a three-mile and a six-mile. So that would make more sense. They would have a two mile every so often or a mile race right but Jesus Christ my God 
and that's not and, and you know that's not even I mean that's impressive but that's not even that's just the tip of the iceberg what's his name uh, or um, oh uh, fucking Faith 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 Kipgion Faith Kipgion the um, I think she's Kenyan as well broke two world records this is all in the same meet this is all the same track and field race it was all the same Friday night in Paris. She runs 349.1500, which is about a 406 mile. Then the next, I think the next night, she busts out a 1405 5,000 meter. Like, fuck. Like, it's, it's just a matter of time. It's, it, it, they might, the women might break 14 before the end of the summer. If she's already busting that out, right? Fuck. Like, Jesus H. Christ on a popsicle stick, right? And then... And then... No, and then... And then... And then... Lamika Gertha. The Ethiopian steeplechaser. Fucking just smashes... The world record in the... In the... uh, Steeplechase, 752. 752.11, just like, just like the two mile, the 754.11. There's something about .11. Everyone's doing a .11, right? But this is 752.11. Like, that is, that's fucking gnarly. That's fucking gnarly. And that's the same, this is all the same race. Again, this is all the same night in Paris. One night in Paris makes the hard man humble. But, um, like, what the fuck's going on? Like, this is bizarre. Like, that 752, like, okay. So to, to, so to put a 752 steeplechase in perspective, it's basically like, it's 3,000 meters, so it's seven and a half laps, right? So it's just short of two miles, okay? But it's typically like, the it's, it's, it, it's like, Whatever you run in the steeplechase is probably what you would run, say, in a two-mile. It's kind of like a staggered version of a two-mile. So this guy, it's as if he'd run a 752 two-mile. And to put that in, into even more perspective, like, I remember watching a pre-Olympic meet in 88 at Hughes Stadium at Sac City College. And it had Arturo Barrios, who was the current road 10k world record holder it had henry marsh doug padilla pat porter all olympians these were all this is a pre-olympic tune-up kind of thing they ran an exhibition 3000 meter and doug padilla won in like 749 750 50 51 maybe porter ran like 753 flat got out kick because he just doesn't have any he just doesn't have the wheels that Doug Padilla had, right? But 750. So this motherfucker, a two-time Olympian, ran a, and, and one of the greatest cross-country runners of all time, ran a 753 flat. Now, that's without hurdles. That's without water jumps. That's without a steeplechase. It's just the, 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 3, 000, the flat 3,000. He ran 753 flat. So homeboy from Ethiopia runs 752.11. He would have beat him. With hurdles, if he did, if if Lamika Gertha had 
run the same race that they ran with hurdles and a water jump, he would have beat everybody but, like, Doug Padilla. Fucking stupid. Fucking stupid. Like, what the fuck's going on? It just, it, 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 the whole thing blows my mind. Um, and then, so now, okay, so let's jump over to the NCAA Division One in Austin, motherfucking humid Texas. It had to have been just horribly, 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 horribly humid. Um, because anything past, say, like 800 meters was, the times were just like, it looked as though they were running in like a steam bath, right? So, so start with the 800. So, Will Sumner of Georgia, fucking 144.25 negative split in college? Go fuck yourself. Fuck yeah. Good for him. 144? I haven't seen a 144 in a long time. But particularly in college, like, gee, Willikers, Batman. But um, but after 800 meters, it just got uglier and uglier. Reason being, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something. So if you go to the, uh, so go up another event, go to the 1500, and uh, Joe Wascom was... Uh, one of the, well, the returning champ, uh, one of the favorites among, um, uh, Fayed Masukati from Oklahoma state and, uh, an array of other guys. Uh, but no, I don't think anybody suspected Nathan green, Joe Wascom's fucking teammate. Like I know these guys have like a half dozen sub four milers on the same team. The Huskies do. But homeboy came out of nowhere and upset uh, Wascom. Wascom grabbed second, but the winning time three forty two point seven eight. That's that's equivalent to about a three fifty nine mile, barely. You know, and he beat out Wascom by uh, fifteen hundredths of a point one five seconds. Wascom came in second three forty two nine three, and then third was Adam Spencer of Wisconsin at three forty two nine eight. So let's see how many how many huskies there was like one two three four five six seven eight nine ten there's three huskies in the top ten top six are all American so um, good I mean it looked like a very competitive race but very calculated race um, like I say it it seems like it was very hot and humid you know it's Texas um, fucking Texas man but um. And in the steeplechase, they were virtually giving it to Duncan Hamilton, but he ended up second to Kenneth Rooks, the flying Mormon, the hurdling Mormon from BYU, the steeplechase, the, the leader, the world leader and collegiate leader until Duncan Hamilton beat him by a second in the pre, uh, prelims, beat his time anyway by a second in the prelims. But Rooks came out and busted out an 826, which is a good time, not a great time compared to what he's done. But again, it's like the heat. Like, you know, I don't know, this fucking, they run this shit in the heat. Um, and this is what you, I mean, oh well. 
So Hamilton gets second. He's only, oh wait, no. Hamilton, no, he was a senior. Yeah, Hamilton was a senior. But Rooks is only a junior. So that's interesting. But uh, UCLA had a, a 10th place finish in, at 8.43 from Peter Harold, spelled with an O. Harold must be a German, probably a Nazi. But, uh, but other, I mean, Jesus Christ, man. Um, but I think the, I think the, one of the most impressive performances, I have to say, was from Kai Robinson, who ended up stealing the 10,000 from Charles Hicks. Hicks went second. They both ran like 28 something. Um, you know, a decent time, not a great time. Again, it's the heat. But, uh, and then that was on, that was on Wednesday, or Wednesday night? Yeah, Wednesday night. And then Friday night he came back. And uh, I actually got to watch, no, no, was that Friday night? Yeah, Friday night. I watched the, uh, the 5,000 meters. Um, well, I watched the 200 meters too. Motherfucker, the winner was uh, 19.84. It was uh, Stanford. It was a, a, a homie from Stanford. I can't pronounce his name. It's unpronounceable. But first time in NCAA history, four guys break 20 in the 200 meter final. Um, and then Stanford went one, two in the 10,000, but in the 5,000, it was a different story. And they went out pretty slow. They went out pretty, uh, pretty tactical. It was a pretty tactical race. And there was a pretty decent pack for most of the way until about a little, a little less than a mile to go. Nico Young, uh, my boy Nico Young from Northern Arizona, just got tired of the slow tactical positioning and just busted out a 205 half just in the middle of, uh, after two mile, after, you know, going through two miles at probably about nine flat, or maybe just under nine, he busts out a 205 half mile to kind of thin out the field. And whoever was uh, available to chase him hung in there, and it was um, Kai Robinson, and um, God, I didn't see... Uh, Dylan Jacobs wasn't even in the 5,005. I think he got, well, he got fucked up in the 10,000. Like him and um, Alex Meyer, Mayer, Meyer, Meyer from uh, Oklahoma State. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, Jacobs, the returning champ, finished 14th. And then Meyer went 20, 20th or 21st. Like the Heat, I think the Heat was the, the winner of the 10,000. The heat and the humidity, but in the five thousand Jacobs wasn't even in it. He, uh, he, I believe he was a f he qualified for the final, but I don't. I think it just took the ten thousand. Just took too much out of him, and it's a punishing. Don't get me wrong; it's a punishing race. Um, I tried that double ten thousand, five thousand at the NCAC championships uh, for Humboldt. It's no joke. Um, it's a bitch. Come back. After a 10,000 try at 5,000 in the summer heat, go fuck yourself. I mean, it takes, you know, it takes, it takes some extra, it takes an extra gear in the old gearbox, right? But, uh, so with about 
Three laps to go. Nico Young's pressing. He's he's thinning out the field. And um, he's just going for it. And he's stringing out the field. The only people in tow, see, uh, Hicks fell off the back. He fell off the, he never, he never even made the chase group. And then, uh, but Robinson was right in there. And then with about a lap and a half to go, Robinson just takes over, boom, and he's gone. And he had, he had extra, like he had extra in the tank. He was fucking, and in, in, he ended up fucking just boning out, just ran away with it. So he stole it. He grabbed the 10 and the 5,000 meters. He only ran like 1404. 1405, something like that. Not particularly impressive, but again, f- the fucking heat is just, ugh. Like, what a bitch, but congratulations to all those guys, man. What a, per- what a, what a performance. What a set of performances by these, by these young lads from Stanford. You know, I was just thinking to myself, Stanford's got a pretty good pedigree. You know, they got a pretty good, um, They've got a pretty good uh, historical, um, I don't know, archival group of of um, great runners, great great distance runners, um, going all the way back to uh, way back. And I don't know how I got onto this guy, but Duncan McDonald. I think I accidentally got. I think I was looking up. The the winner. I was trying to figure out what the name of the NCAA champion of the the cross country champion from Wisconsin back in like 2016 was Morgan McDonald. I thought, is it Morgan? Is it Morgan or is it Duncan? It's not Duncan. Duncan McDonald was the Stanford Miler, who was uh, he was kind of kind of a trip, you know. He was kind of a fun guy. He hung out with the Dong Cardong. Dong Cardong was a really, really good middle distance runner. And he ended up actually was an Olympian as well. Both of them were Olympians. Duncan McDonald and Dong Cardong were both Olympians in 76. Uh, McDonald made the 5,000 meter team. And uh, Cardong made the the marathon team and he ended up finishing fourth in the marathon in the uh, 76 Olympics in Montreal McDonald though Duncan McDonald was the uh, well first of all first things first he ended up um, breaking the American record in the 5,000 meters he broke Steve Prefontaine's 5,000 meter record ran 1319 that's no joke that's like a that equates to about a 1245 three miles that's about 415 pace for three miles that's no joke you know they don't let anybody to do that right but he the cool thing was he's from hawaii and and so these guys these two guys were like these two guys were like a couple of like pranksters a couple of jokers like they had like to have a lot of fun you know cardong he was uh he was more literary than any and um than mcdonald but and mcdonald was more of like a um scientist I think he ended up, what did he, he was, a, he's an anesthesiologist, but he was, but his parents were vol, volcanologists, like they study volcanoes, because he was from Hawaii, and um, so Cardong, he, he created this uh, road race up in, um, I think it was, I think it's in Spokane, 
uh, Spokane, Washington called the Lilac Bloomsday, which is coming up. Bloomsday is June 16th, which is June 16th immortalizes the day that Leopold Bloom uh, walked the walked the streets of Dublin. Um, the, based on uh, the character Leopold Bloom in the book Ulysses. So I guess Cardong was like this huge literary f- fanatic for the book Ulysses. And he wanted, and Ulysses depicts this one day in 1904, June 16th, Leopold Bloom, a day in the life of Leopold Bloom. So they call it Bloom's Day. So he created this road race, Lilac Bloom's Day. I don't know where the, I guess Spokane maybe is a big, big on lilacs, blooming lilacs, right? And um, so he is the event founder and um, of this particular race. It's been going forever. And, um, but these two guys were, uh, they're kind of, they're kind of, you know, not a, like, like I was, I talked about a few episodes ago, how these guys used to like, like I'd read their dietary standards back in the seven. This was back in the well, late sixties, early seventies, uh, real early, like 70 probably where like for breakfast, it'd be like a bowl of fruit loops. Uh, lunch was pe- peanut butter and jelly, and then dinner was pizza and beer. Like that, that was their, <laughs> that was their regimen, right? Like no electrolytes, no supplements, no vitamin D, you know, and, and they still like, I remember reading like Cardong, he was like a 1257 three miler. Like that's no joke. Like that's fucking 419 per mile. That's nothing to sniff at. Uh, his thing was the, mar- I, I think he had more success as a marathoner, obviously, but, uh, but these two guys would just off of a diet of fruit loops and pizza and beer go out and they would run. I'd read a story about, um, they p- competed in the Sunkist Invitational, which is an indoor meet in Southern California. Um, I don't know what it's called now. I went to the Sunkist when I was a senior, I went down my buddy Raj got invited it's invitational so it's invite only and so it's the best of the prior years runners my buddy rog ran a 419 mile and so we got invited and so we went indoor obviously preludes the outdoor season so it's kind of a lot of tune-up but it's uh you know so again again it caters to the success of your prior year going in you know prior to the the outdoor, the upcoming outdoor season. So it's all based on the merits of what you did as a junior. So, so I went down to watch me, and my coach, my buddy Raj, and um, he didn't train or anything. He didn't. I don't know. He didn't do particularly. <laughs> he just kind of. I don't know. Raj was a very, very, very talented guy. He is a very talented guy. He just uh, wasn't as enamored with running as maybe I was. So. Uh, but the Sunkist Invitational is pretty cool because you get to see all the great, I mean, it, it goes to the elites too. Like there's some great, great runner, milers, great milers, like Steve Scott and guys like local guys, you know, 347 milers, you're right. Like elite, like internationally elite, like world champions, uh, Olympic champions and so forth. But so these two guys, McDonald, Duncan McDonald, what a great name to Duncan and um, so these two guys, McDonald and um, Cardong, 
ran some race at the Sunkist Invitational. Probably uh, McDonald probably ran the mile, and Cardong probably ran the two mile. And then on a lark the next day, Saturday or Sunday, pro- jumped, just jumped into a marathon and busted out like a 217. <laughs> like, it's so, like, like, the coaches at, like, Northern Arizona or Stanford or um, Oregon would just shit themselves if, if I would I would think in today's day and age if, if their athletes did that, if they just busted – like if they had their athletes run an indoor race and then that same weekend just bust out a marathon, their coaches would sh- shit themselves. But, but evidently – okay, so uh, – so – Later on, in later years, uh, Duncan McDonald became something of a decent marathoner, and he ended up winning the Honolulu Marathon, I think, two or three times. And one such time, the year he won it, Hunter S. Thompson was sent out there to cover the race, and he depicted it in the book Curse of Lono, which depicts... uh, his adventures on the island of Hawaii and the Honolulu, Honolulu, describing the Honolulu Marathon and, and this guy McDonald winning it and then going on some kind of strange quest to find like the ghost of the king of Hawaii or some some deliberate insanity insanity trip that Thompson usually took. But um, but it's kind of cool to be immortal. It would be cool to be Duncan McDonald to be. Uh, I think he's like the. He's like a high school girls coach or something now for for their track team. But that would be kind of cool to be kind of Im- basically immortalized in, in, in a Hunter S. Thompson book. Because that book's – and that book's like been out of print for a while. It's hard to even get a cop. Like if you can go – you can go online. You can buy one online on eBay for like a 1000 bucks if you want. But, but, uh, but, yeah. So there you go. But I was just looking at the pedigree of uh, – Stanford runners, like, fuck, like, they, I mean, they've had some, they've had some fucking pretty, pretty, like, I, I looked up their, um, their fucking, uh, where is it, their school records, their, their, their school records are very impressive, like, um, oh, shit, where'd it go? Here we go. Um, so in the, let's see. So for example, okay. So in the 15, no, in the mile, uh, I don't think this is very up. It's, it's kind of current, but not totally current. But so they show the mile, the world record for the mile is Hikam uh, El Garouge from Morocco at 3.43. Alan Webb's got the American record at 3.46. And then the Stanford record is 3.55 by Jeff Atkinson, who was a, who's an Olympian. He was a 90... Was it 92? Or was it 88? Maybe it was 88. I think it was 88. He was an 88 Olympian. Um... And then Michael Stember, who went to Jesuit, uh, our rival school up in um, Carmichael, 
right off of American River Drive there. Um, he is second at 359, which is odd. It's kind of a soft record for um, the mile there. Uh, and then Gabe Jennings is third, which I remember Gabe Jennings. He won the NCAA 1500 uh, in, what was that, 90? What year was that, 96? I think it was 96 because it was the same year they went. Did they make, Stember made the Olympic team that year, 96. Or was it, two? no, it was 2000. Maybe it was 2000. But Duncan, Monk, Duncan McDonald, 1970, coming in at 359. So then, okay, so then we go to the 5,000, 5,000 meters, 5,000 love. It's the 5,000 meters of love. Um, where are you? Um, oh, well, actually, the 1,500... School record is uh, Michael Stember, which is, uh, I mean, that's pretty good. I didn't know he beat beat out Gabe Jennings, but he is, in fact, the school record holder at 335. Gabe Jennings is a close second. At uh, They're both at 335. Yeah, in 2000. That was 2000. So that's when they made the Olympic team. So then we jump on down, jump on down here to the um, to the five five thousand meters, and uh, Ian Dobson coming in at thirteen fifteen for Stanford. Fuck, that's fast. But Ryan Hall, second fastest, same year two thousand five ran thirteen sixteen, probably the same race. But Ryan Hall, he's kind of an interesting case. He he uh, he grew up, I think he grew up like back east or something, but he ended up coming out and finishing his high school career at at, uh, at fucking uh, Big Bear High, which my buddy Jonathan, my roommate at Humboldt, is the coach. Um, and this motherfucker was a... Um, I think he broke four or he ran like a 342 1500 in high school but he was a stud um, he's since retired I think he's in his like late 30s or early 40s he was an uh, I think he was an Olympian in the marathon Ryan Hall he's like a 206 marathoner I mean he's a fucking he's nasty but he's uh, second all time at Stanford 1316 5000 meters that's fucking strong and then um, then and then uh, the Stanford record for 10,000 meters is 2731 Chris Derrick 2012 these guys are fucking um, animals just but the reason I I can tell it's not updated is because I know Cole Sprouts run 2741 or something like that 2742 so they've got a, so again, there's like this resurgence at Stanford. Like uh, you got these guys like Charles Hicks, Kai Robinson, Cole Sprout, fucking just, just fucking beasts. 
this fucking beast, but I don't see him on this list. I don't see him um, anywhere in there on this year list, y'all. That's got Ian Dobson's all over the map. Ian Dobson's got the school record for the steeplechase as well, 832. Who the fuck is this guy? Um, I don't know. I don't know, Mar. I don't know. But, uh, but why do you talk so much about Trek, Johnny? Well, I'll tell you, because shut the fuck up, that's why. Because, anyway, I'm just, I'm, I'm just impressed by, um, by Stanford. Is that so wrong? Is that so wrong? Is that so wrong? Um, no, Stanford just is, um, they, they, uh, back in the day, see, they were coached by this guy, Brooks Robinson, who was really more of a, uh, kind of a sprint oriented coach. And he really, uh, emphasized a lot of track work. And I think it, it didn't jive well with a lot of the athletes, particularly like, um, like the Mastelier's that uh, Mark and Eric Mastelier, who also went to Jesuit, with um, like like Michael Stember, like um, the Thomas brothers, Paul and Jim, Paul Thomas ended up going to Arkansas, uh, and then kind of faded into obscurity. Dave Welsh, the state champ. These guys were all state champions. The Mastelier's in '85, '86 was uh, Paul Thomas. 87 was Reggie Williams. And then, uh, or no, maybe it was 80, 86, 87, 88, 88. Yeah, 86 was the Mastelier's. Ran like 844. Eric Mastelier won that. He's from Jesuit. 87 was Paul Thomas. And he, he won the, he won the two mile. I don't know. I don't think he broke... I don't think he broke nine minutes, but he won. And then he, he ended up getting beat in the mile. He ended up second in the mile. And then the following year, yeah, that's right. 88 was Reggie Williams from River City. He just came out of, came out of nowhere. Dude, this dude just came out of nowhere. He was a phenom. But all these local guys, all these, all these guys from our section ended up being state champions. And then 89 was Dave Welsh, my buddy Dave Welsh, won it all. Uh, he ran 8.58, and he outkicked uh, Brian Dameworth, uh, another phenom from Agora Hills. Uh, and then Dave Welsh ended up going to Arkansas, too, and becoming an All-American, and I think he coaches up at Idaho State now. But uh, Jesuit, yeah, they were like a factory. Well, they still kind of are. They're still kind of a fact. Like their coach, uh, his, his name was... Oh... Um, uh, Walt Lang, Walt Lang, he recruited all these guys because they had money, you know? These guys, like, they all look like they drove a Beamer, you know? They all had the right tan, you know? They all had the right amount of money, so they recruited these motherfuckers. But, uh, so if they didn't go to Stanford, like the Mastelier's, they went to Arkansas, like, like Paul Thomas or Dave Welsh, um... Stanford keeping it real you know they're kind of hidden a little under the you know under the shadow of U, uh, U of O Oregon you know because everybody says well in the Oregon University of Oregon is the mecca of, 
college distance running. I mean, that's where everybody went and everybody stays. Everybody came from, everybody went to. Uh, my school record holder in the mile, two mile, eight is uh, Harold Kufault, who was, uh, he, he ran 406 and 851 in high school and then ended up getting a scholarship to Oregon, became a steeplechaser, broke four in the mile, qualified for the Olympics in the steeplechase, or not the Olympics, but the Olympic trials, uh, but then messed up his knee in the steeplechase, hit one of those barriers, and uh, those barriers don't go down, by the way. But, uh, so it's, yeah. So when it comes to collegiate distance running, it's either University of Oregon or Stanford, right? I was surprised when a lot of the SEC schools started jumping in. Alabama, Oklahoma, these guys. Uh, but man, get, get, you know, I'm going to give a shout out. You know, it's funny. I just, I think what I like though, what I do like about Stanford though, is kind of like, goes back to like the Duncan McDonald's, the Don Cardong's, these guys that were just like kind of devil may, a little devil may care. Like they have a, have a, have a good time with it. Right. Um, don't be so, don't be so like um, stringent. Don't be so regiment, regimented, you know, with your diet and your, you know, it's funny shit because I was, um, I've been, I've been, you know, I, I struggle with that now personally because back, you know, like back in the day in the 80s, we didn't know shit. We didn't know, you know, we didn't run around with our Yeti coolers and our fucking water bottles and our this and our, we fucking had, we had these undersized gym shorts and um, some decent running shoes, and that was it. You'd get a drink at the water fountain, and that was your hydration, bitch. There was no electrolytes. There was no supplementation. There was no fucking, you know, those fucking, uh, what do you call those, like, uh, those things that you stick on your legs for, like, uh, whatever they do. I don't know what they do. It's kind of gimmicky. Nobody really wears them anymore. It's, it's shit that comes and goes, right? It's called, it's all kind of gimmicky shit, right? It's kind of like, like this whole, <laughs> like, like this whole, like everyone's up in arms about the drag queens, right? Speak, I'm just kind of jumping topics, but everyone's up, up in arms about, oh God, they're going to indoctrinate our kids. No, I'm just so worried. Shut the fuck up. Nobody, why don't you worry about the Catholic church? Why don't you worry about the priests that are, you know, fucking little boys, right? Nobody talks about that shit. They're worried about drag queens, but the drag queens are like those, those things like those, that black tape that runners were wearing, you know, on their nose or on their calves or on the sides of their legs for extra circulation and stuff like that and blood flow. And you know what? Nobody wears them anymore, right? So drag queens are going to come and go, right? Drag queens have been around forever. People get all up in arms about them. Like I had to fuck, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting a little like Joe Rogan just kind of, you know, it's just, I, I try, I, I kind of burnt on him too now, you know, because it's like every other fucking podcast, there's some fucking ex Navy SEAL talking about, hey, drag queens are good. You know, fuck, who gives a fuck, dude? Don't go to the show. Nobody cares because the shit's going to subside eventually anyway, just like the, that tape on people's legs, right? Nobody gives a fuck. If you don't like drag queens, don't go to the show. Nobody gives a fuck. They're not taking over. They're not going to indoctrinate your kids. You know, again, go worry about something more important like priests fucking little boys, okay? You just get, it's the same fucking like, uh, you know, you're just listening over and over ad nauseum to the same fucking loop of information that Rogan talks about. MMA, 
fucking supplementation, working out, and don't force the woke, woke culture down our throats. I get it, bro. I get it. Next, you know, if I have to listen to another fucking sanctimonious Navy SEAL on there, and I'm, I'm excluding David Goggins because I don't consider him part of that group, you know, these guys that just talk in like all their fucking Roger that and code and this and, you know, cleared hot and this and that and the other. Nobody talks like that, you know. So I give Goggins a pass because he's real. He just he's legit. Like he's his own man. He's an island. You know, he doesn't. Nobody talks to him about sup. That guy's a that guy is the real motherfucking McCoy, because he went out on his first hundred miler and all he had was some Ritz cracker Ritz crackers and some fucking Gatorade or something. <laughs> I think, and that was his that was his that was his nutritional, uh, in uh. <laughs> his nutritional um, supplementation. <laughs> so, and me, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I gotta, I gotta, I'm kind of straddling the line, right? I'm somewhere in between. I'm in the middle, right? Like, so Saturday, I was, I just set up, you know, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna see how long I can go without, like. A, Getting back to okay, so hold, hold, let me preface that by saying I did. I gave Rogan a ch- another ch- like I'm just tired of listening to all the fucking. It's the same fucking repetitive shit, right? Which is cool. It's it's just subject matter, but it's repetitive. It's blah 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 blah. So I scrolled back. I remember him interviewing um, a beekeeper. I thought, you know what, fucking beekeeper? Why not? Like that would be. I'll bet there's something really interesting. Boy, was I wrong. So. What I was more interested, I mean, the bees themselves, it, it is interesting. You know, 95% of them are, are female, 5% of them are male. The males don't do shit. They don't help out. They don't produce honey. They don't do, they're just kind of layabouts, right? But what I wanted to hear, what I, what I was really m- more concerned with is the honey. Because I'm really, I'm fascinated, I'm, I'm becoming more and more fascinated with honey, um, different versions, the clover, I'm distinguishing the difference between what is wildflower honey, clover honey. There's even, uh, this other honey called Manuka honey. I think, I'm, I think it's called, uh, Monica or Manuka, Monica, I'll call it Monica, M-A-N-U-K-A. And it's got these properties in it that come from, a, a it's, it's, it's exclusive because it's exclusive to the Monica plant. The Monica plant is only grow. It only grows in uh, New Zealand and and, and parts of uh, Australia, so it's very expensive. But it's got these crazy properties. I was reading up on like um, what's good for your your immune system. It fortifies your immune system. It regulates your blood sugar, but it also battles like gum disease. Like what the fuck? Like it's good for oral hygiene. Like I'm like this is fucking insane, you know. And clover honey is really good too. It's got a lot of uh, minerals. Uh, in it, like potassium, uh, vitamins and minerals, like uh, magnesium, potassium, um, some of the building blocks of electrolytes. Um, it's good for your, your immune system, regulates your blood pressure. Uh, it's fascinating stuff. Like honey is amazing. It's so fucking amazing, right? And without calling it homeopathic or, excuse me, any anything like that, it's just a really, a, it's kind of a miracle. But she didn't talk about any of that on Rogan's. As a matter of fact, I think Rogan took over and started talking about MMA shit or something. I don't know. I turned it off. 
but um, but I'm just I'm now I'm fascinated. So I'm 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 really hyped up on honey, and I was so Saturday I went I was gonna see how long I could go. Um, after I did about a I don't know I think it was like a twelve mile hike or so. I ended up um, doing a little gym workout. Got got out on the trail, came back, and I thought I'm gonna fast. I'm gonna see how long I can fast. And then when I finally, when I finally, just can't handle it anymore, I'm just gonna have some honey. I'm just gonna go honey. I'm just gonna go fucking I'm gonna do a honey fast. Really, a honey fast? A honey fast, you say? And because uh, my lady was, uh, she was at the memorial for her cousin who had passed from cancer, so she was gone, and I was at home. I was home alone, like Macaulay Culkin, and uh, so I was spooning down some honey. I thought I can make this. I can do this. And um, so. Uh, I even thought to myself, I'm going to go get some of that Monica honey. I'm going to find some. I'm going to go to wherever I've seen it. it it's not that hard to find. It's just you got to find the right stuff. It's not, you don't want the blends because they add additives, you know, they added, they added syrups and stuff like that, or they got a hybrid version. I wanted the pure, raw, organic shit. So I went over the whole paycheck and uh, ended up getting some in. I was blown away. The flavor is funky wild good like it it's it's unexpected i got some from i actually got it from my lady because she uh she's got some gum issues uh she's they're basically receding the gums are her gums are receding so i'm just this is really kind of an experiment more than anything it's an experiment so uh and then of course, I've been buying the local honey for her, her allergies. Like honey, it just fucking it's 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 why like I, you know, maybe 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 you guys have known about it, but for me, I mean, I've always kind of liked it, but I've never just fully embraced like what's going on when you have honey, like what honey is about. Like it takes it takes something crazy, like. Eight days for a bee to produce a spoonful of honey. So, um, so it's 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 like a commodity. It definitely, I mean, it's worth every drop. It's worth every penny. Um, for fixing your allergies, for fixing receding gums, for dialing your immune system, for regulating your blood pressure, from contributing potassium and magnesium. I mean, that's a what the fuck? I mean, that's fucking brilliant. Fucking brilliant. I gotta hand it to them. Those fucking bees are just amazing, you know? But, uh... But, yeah, so this, uh... This week... This... When is this? The 16th? It's the... The 16th... Is... Uh, 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 four days? No, it's this Friday. No, oh, it's this Friday. Is is Bloomsday. Speaking of blooms... Speaking of bees and blooming and lilacs and um oh that's and that's the that's the difference between um clover honey and um wildflower honey and monica honey is the uh clover honey is just straight from straight clover 
Interesting, huh? It's a lot lighter. Um, the raw honey is the good shit, though. That's the allergy. The allergy blend is the real. It's very. It's thicker. It's raw. It's organic. But so this six. So this weekend coming up is uh, Lilac Blooms Day. Leopold Bloom. Don Cardong. Oh, it's also Father's Day. I gotta get my act together because I'm getting. I'm starting to get a little surly. Starting, I'm certain because I'm as a father, you know, you really like start. <laughs> like I've been on my bo- my son's, my son's ass trying to get, get him dialed to get a job. You know, I'm I'm I'm, just I'm, I, I do have this tendency to just want to get in everybody's business. Being a father, just being like, what's going on here? What can I do? What, how can I help? What can I what can I get for you? What can I do? What can I? How can I, how can I be of any assistance? You know, you got a problem. I could help you. You know, if you got an issue, if you're like my youngest took the train down to LA to see my 21 year old down at UCLA, they're going to, um, they're going to a pride parade. And, uh, so she had a trillion questions about, you know, the train getting on the right train. How do I know when the train's done? (laughs) Fucking funny shit like that. But but I'll I'll fucking I'll jump the, uh, you know, I'll jump the bank sometimes as a uh, as a as a father, and I'll I'll I'll, be, I'll give I'll I'll want to give a little too much advice. So I got to reel it in because I got to be cool by the time Father's Day rolls around. I'm just gonna be nonchalant, right? I gotta be like it's all good, like like it's okay, it's okay. Just calm down. Just calm down and breathe, and be a dad, and be there, and then. Everything, everything's fine. Everything's gonna be cool. Just, uh, just shut up and eat your honey. But that being said, uh, my honey fast only went as far as I, I made it till about five thirty or six o'clock. My lady got home from the from the memorial with uh, uh, desserts and shit like that, and fucking ruined everything because <laughs> I have no willpower. <laughs> so there you go. There you have it. That's it. In a nutshell. The whole story. Me in a nutshell, right? And this is and this is my this is my impression of me in a nutshell. Help, I'm inside this giant nutshell. All right. That's all I got for you. So, I hope you enjoyed my story about honey and Bloomsday and Stanford runners and I'll talk at you later. Arrivederci, babies.